This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. All right, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I'm one of the hosts here, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter and on Instagram at MichaelRitter5, also the host of the Football Function Podcast, available on any other podcasting platform. Basically, whatever podcast or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, you can find it there as well. Also on Patreon, I know that the Super Bowl just happened. Football season is technically over, but if you follow the NFL draft, if you're a real football fan, you know that this is really whenever the season actually begins here. So with all that being said, joining me like usual, my new co-host here on the show, John Crosco. John, how you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty good, man. What's going on with you? Oh, not a whole lot, man. Kind of just enjoying this weird episode of SmackDown. Obviously, we knew it was pre-taped, so we kind of went into it with that notion like, hey, this thing already happened, like literally the – list of things that happened on the show was already out it got leaked last Mm -hmm. week so if you really wanted to know what happened on smackdown you could have found this out days ago but before we really get too much further into the show this is also a special edition of the smackdown review for multiple reasons but we are joined by formerly known as the crisis kanye twitty big name here on the wwe podcast obviously discord server he's a big contributor on the mailbag on a weekly basis so Twitty, how you doing, bud? Glad to have you on the SmackDown review. Finally, I know we've been trying to do this for a while now. I'm glad we can get you on here on an official go-home show. Oh, man, I am excited. You know, Kanye Twitty in the house, uh, the fire, the trash, the Lunchables. And, uh, you know, like like I've said, you know, every time that I've gotten to work with any of y'all, like, I got to give you a shout-out. I got to put you, Michael Ritter, on the fire list to start off the whole damn day because, like I said before, I was able to tell Matt, I was able to tell, uh, you know, uh, Mimi, um, you know, hey, you know, I got into podcasting literally because of y'all. I tried listening to a lot of podcasts about a lot of different subjects. Last podcast on the left, that was actually a good one. Really neat and weird. But, uh, you know, and finally I had to find something that I enjoyed subject matter wise. And, uh, you know, you and Matt and Mimi and Ashley, man, uh, you know, that's why. That's why I listen. I don't listen to anybody else's podcast. Like, like I was, I, well, I wasn't listening to Joe Rogan well before anybody else wasn't listening <laughs> to Joe Rogan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, uh, you know, so I got to give you a shout out, you know, because since I get the opportunity on the show with you to say thank you, you do great work. And yeah, you know, when, uh, my podcast finally launches, you know, and whatnot, you know, it's going to be really, you know, an homage to, you know, like, like what you and, you and Matt and Mimi and Ashley Mann all kind of got me into, you know, I, these are the only podcast episodes and the only people I can handle listening to for an extended period amount of time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, definitely, man. And, and I appreciate that. I'm sure the other hosts as well, you know, the kind words definitely means a lot to me. But I will say, man, you're a natural as far as like on the mic. You said you have DJ experience. There, and that's clearly obvious. You're well-spoken, all that good stuff. But you have something that you really can't coach and that you can't fake. And that's the energy that you bring. It's damn near unmatched. Maybe DJ Kuzma will give you a run for your money. But not only that, but the passion for wrestling. That's another thing. You know, it's one thing to kind of just 
to take what WWE feeds you and, you know, kind of just be a little bit of a happy fan. But some people like to look a little bit further and say, and I guess push back a little bit and say, no, we know you can do better. You know, you can do a little bit better at certain things. And I get that with your trash list. Whenever you bring that out and you kind of like to magnify some of those spots in WWE where they can get better. And I love that aspect, especially on the mailbag. So you definitely, once you do launch your podcast, I actually didn't know that. So that's news to me that you're even working on one, but whenever you do, You'll definitely have a listener in uh in me, so definitely shout out to you, and I hope that uh, that podcast is a a successful launch. Oh, I, I, it's gonna be fun, you know. It's a nice transition from being a you know a touring musician to uh, I mean, it's one thing to get you know people's attention when you have a crowd, you know, of, a, of a, you know ten thousand, you know, in a microphone. It's a whole nother animal to you know someone sitting on, in their car, they're sitting at home watching their kids, they're at work, you know, flipping burgers and listening to you know us talk for for extended amount of time so hey i think that's really the challenge that i get out of it and and i have a blast with it i have an absolute blast with it oh yeah it's fun man it really is and it only gets better the the more you get experience with it the kind of the more comfortable you get and obviously talking wrestling that's sometimes i forget we're podcasting and i forget that we're actually sitting here doing this and it feels like we're just in a conversation now doing the show by myself was a little different that's a little bit more challenging but having john here it's kind of settled things down. It's kind of rejuvenated me a little bit. I kind of compare it like to Michael Cole getting Pat McAfee. It's kind of made me look at the show and have a little bit of a different perspective on it, you know, just on a weekly basis. But with all that being said, I know you're watching the show right now. That's one thing that's different about this show than previous episodes is we're having a little bit of a live recap. Like we're having a little bit of a live reaction type thing. So we're going to try to catch up to where Kanye Twitty is right now. So we're going to go ahead and start with where SmackDown started. And it was with Adam Pierce standing in the ring. The table there, which we know it's for contract signing, except this time there were four chairs. So that told you, all right, clearly they're going to get Ronda Rousey out here. They're going to get Charlotte. They're going to get this women's tag team match official. And we all know how they do that by these only whenever it's convenient contract signings. So I thought this was weird. And obviously I kind of jumped the gun a little bit. This SmackDown did officially air on, I guess, February 18th, 2022. But we all know, like we kind of mentioned, we had a little bit of a stooge moment last week. We kind of broke the Sami Zayn winning the Intercontinental Championship news on the podcast because I didn't put two and two together. Oh, crap. They're going to be in Saudi Arabia on Saturday, so obviously they're going to tape the show a little bit earlier. It's just kind of one of those things. Definitely uh it was on me, so I'm the one that kind of broke that. But anyways. Let's just call the opening segment fire. The reason why it's fire is it was nine minutes, bruh. Nine <laughs> minutes. Yeah, a little bit of bickering back and forth like you see, you know, a little bit of a schoolgirl vibe there. Sonia, though, one thing I noticed, she likes to, you know, I guess you can say if she were a guy, she'd let him hang a little bit. You know, she likes to kind of throw her weight around is another way to say it because she likes to bring or move the goalpost. Maybe that's another that's another football term, I guess you can say, because she likes to say here that there's a new stipulation. Ronda Rousey must wrestle one. She must wrestle the match with one arm tied behind her back. Now, obviously, Ronda Rousey, she's not scared of anything. She's not going to act like this bothers her whatsoever. She claims that she could tap dance on her face with no hands, so clearly one hand, it's still an advantage for her. So what do you guys think about this? She confidently says, yeah, signs a contract anyway. Go ahead, go ahead. You bring the energy. All right, all right. What I got out of that, what I got out of that was literally fire moment. Did you forget how to spell your name? When Ronda looked the best baby face that I've seen her look in so goddamn gosh darn long, like she was perfect. She she encompassed it. She slapped a couple hands down the way on the on the way to the ramp. She was smiling genuinely. 
it looked good. I think Naomi was a great, uh, great addition to her. But the other line, uh, uh, what she say? She, uh, with no hands, I'll still tap dance on your forehead. Yeah. Fire. Fire. What you think? What you think, bro? <laughs> Oh, that right there was a uh, pretty exciting, man. I definitely like the direction that this whole segment is starting to go, you know. So I'm definitely on the Sonya and uh, Charlotte side. So yeah, I, I want to see the Ronda. I guess you could say I'm not gonna give her the title that everybody else gives. I want to see her get smacked the heck up. Sonya and Charlotte. See, that's the one thing I'll disagree with you with. I'm not necessarily okay. on their side. I guess you could say mainly because Sonya Deville. Now Charlotte, obviously, you, you heard me say it before. In my opinion, she's the best on the mic. I don't agree as far as her being the head and shoulders best women's wrestler on the roster, and that's a whole topic for a whole other day. So I'm not the biggest Charlotte Flair fan that you'll see kind of on the WWE podcast and just basically in the WWE universe in general. So Ronda Rousey, I mean, I'm not like a, a fanboy of her either, but like yeah. I know what she brings to the company. I know the eyeballs that she draws. I mean, I was literally at SmackDown in Oklahoma City. I heard the pop that she got. I mean, people were there for her. And she was like the the only person that they were advertising throughout the entire show. Even whenever they went to the, to a commercial break on the actual live broadcast on the Jumbotron, they were playing her theme song. They were kind of showing highlights of her, just reminding you, hey, stay put. You don't want to leave. She's going to be here a little bit later. So I guess I'll say just and just with what Naomi brings, I've always kind of been a Naomi fan, just in ring. She kind of has never gotten the push she deserves. So I'm I'm a fan of this. Her getting a little bit of the rub, a little bit of the spotlight from Ronda Rousey. I agree with Matt. He did have a good point. You don't want to see Naomi get a championship opportunity at this stage right now because she's just going to get, I mean, absolutely gobbled up by Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair. It doesn't matter which outcome it's going to happen, but they're not going to give Naomi the upper hand out of those three. Do you guys agree there? I agree with that. I 100, 100, 100, 100, 100. Well, as you guys know, things kind of get a little bit – because like I mentioned, they're bickering back and forth, so things do get a little bit physical – both Sonya Deville and Charlotte take a shot from Ronda Rousey and Naomi. They flip the table. The Hills end up running away, kind of, or not running away, but they get out of the ring. They look embarrassed. They look pissed off. That's kind of how that segment ended there, and I guess we'll touch up on it tomorrow. Well, there's something that uh, I need to go back and find and, and do some research on. Do go some ahead. research. Go ahead. Sleuthing is this was a um, taped show. They botched somehow. Ronda Rousey botched the absolute heck out of that uh, physicality part. I saw it come up while I was at work because you know we do that nine to five stuff, and I saw it. I didn't get a chance to go back and read it, but I knew I wasn't going to be able to see it because it is taped. And then that's something that I do want to say is kind of trash about about watching a pre-taped SmackDown. You notice that when the camera goes around, you get like groups of 10 or 12 people putting the thumbs down and whatnot, you know, like, like they get to edit that together, you know, instead of having the natural crowd reaction, because I'm like, you know, like, like they're force feeding us. We learned that in COVID era. Now they're force feeding us what the crowd in the stadium is actually doing as not what they're actually doing, but what they want us to see them doing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I don't trust any, I don't trust any uh pops. I don't trust any, you know, you know, highs and lows because they're going to pipe in noise. They're going to show us what they, what we want, what they want us to see. And that's, uh, that's, it, it's because of the COVID era that we've just gone through that we really, really notice these things. And I'm saying that you say it with me one time. It is trash.
trash. That's actually a really <laughs> good point. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. They do have that luxury. Anytime they do like a pre-tape thing, you know that they can toy with a little bit. And referencing the COVID era, that's exactly where they learned how to do that Whenever with the whole like – I forgot what the terminology is, but the cinematic, I guess that's the word you could say, those cinematic matches, they kind of, they got a little too comfortable doing all that stuff. But another thing you said, the whole botched physicality moment with Charlotte, I did, I saw what you saw, maybe, I saw the, the, the camera angle from the crowd. Like, it was like a phone from the crowd where they showed, like, a really good angle of Charlotte, not even hitting her face, not even getting close to hitting her head on the table, but she kind of botched it. It's something similar whenever she's, or at least tried to sell, the twist of fate from Lita a couple weeks back. She like didn't hit her head on the mat at all. People complained about that. I don't know if it's just her makeup. She's too concerned with how good she looks, why she's scared to take those face bumps. But I don't know what it is. They need to work on that because like you said, they're lucky that this was a uh, a pre-taped episode of SmackDown because that would have been very hard given that they likely would have used that hard cam kind of getting the side of the ring. They wouldn't have been able to hide that if this would have been a live episode of SmackDown. But, John, what do you think? Any final thoughts about this uh, opening segment of SmackDown? Um, not too much on it, man. I'm just ready to see like what what evolves from it tomorrow. So yeah, I'm definitely excited for that part. Well, moving on up next, we get another, I guess, wash, rinse, repeat. Sheamus versus Ricochet. We've kind of seen Ricochet go back and forth, whether it's Sheamus, Ridge Holland, back and forth. He's just getting both of these guys. And in this match, it's about a 16 minute banger. I will say they do go back and forth. Ricochet comes out pretty fast out of the gate. One thing I noticed, though, he gets hit with that fallaway slam over the announce table, and then they go to a commercial break. That's where kind of, you know, watching it live on television, you kind of get that. Like Matt likes to say, they give it away. Anytime someone gets knocked on their ass outside the ring, they zoom in, goes to a commercial break. I kind of had to pause there because I didn't want to, you know, spoil anything for Kanye Twitty. I wasn't sure if that had happened yet where he is in the show, but I'm pretty sure it has. Right. You've seen this match, right? Oh, hey, you know, I'm a, I will say this, you know. Ricochet and, and, and Seamus, it is a wash, rinse, repeat. And yeah, I'm all, I'm, a, I'm at the point where, uh, McIntyre just got here. But, uh, hey, no, they, Ricochet, me and my, my co-host, he's actually here with me right now, you know, cause he's, I'm teach, showing him a lot of what's going on and how we, how we're going to do this. And so, uh, he brings this up all the time, you know, Ricochet, he, he, he's amazing in the ring. You know, you don't, you don't want to miss his matches. You don't want to, to, to avoid them, but, I hate to say it, it, it's a moment, and we'll have another really awkward lunchable moment here later in the show, but uh it ends up being a lunchable break for me because, you know, Ricochet is underutilized. Sheamus is, is he's Dolph Ziggler-esque, you know, any match, anytime, anywhere, they're going to they're gonna bang. You know what I'm saying? So, but there's nothing emotionally invested. That's the problem. I mean, I have it on my fire list. Uh, uh, Ricochet's new ring music, fire. Absolute yeah. fire. You know, his entrance is off the hook. You know, it always has been. I'm glad he stopped doing that flip up into the ring like uh, Reggie does. But, you know, hey, you know, there's these are two amazing talents. Amazing talents. Uh, Ricochet is one for me where I'm like, hey, him and Mustafa Ali, yo, go to another promotion. Go to Impact. Go to anywhere else and get used you know what i'm saying because they're they remind me of a malachi black you know underutilized exactly. like a keith lee don't know what to do with them you know and all they need all they have to do and it's on creative it's all on creative is you need to get me emotionally invested in one of these guys last time i was emotionally invested in in sheamus was when he was with the bar i barely was invested when he was having the matt hardy bar fight you know because that was just cringy 
you know, yeah. the real life alcohol thing going on. But, uh, you know, these are two amazing wrestlers. I would love to watch to wrestle, you know, 20, 30 minute matches. You know what I'm saying? But until they get us emotionally invested in them and they're running out of time, it's been a long time. I mean, Seamus will be there forever. Seamus will be there forever. Ricochet, I hate to say it, but he's next on the chopping block, you know, for budget cuts. I mean, there's just no way around it. Yeah, I mean, he does check all the boxes when you look at superstars who get cut. Just, I mean, doesn't matter how talented they are. I mean, we've seen literally Braun Strowman. I mean, Braun Strowman isn't like a super talented wrestler, but he was a big name star. We've seen Bray Wyatt, somebody who he is talented inside the ropes, you know. And Bell to Bell, Ricochet, there's hardly anybody that compares to him. My girlfriend, super casual fan. She hardly ever watches. She likes Ricochet because of what he does in between the ropes and how good of a wrestler he is. He can make anybody look good. He sells all that good stuff. So what do you think about this one, John? I mean, obviously, you know how it ends after Ricochet ducks that bro kick nearly lands on Ridge Holland, gives Ricochet enough time to hit the Roy, or the, uh, the recoil. Sorry if I could spit that out. He ends up getting the win, though, on Sheamus, which leads to a little bit of an altercation. Sheamus shoves down Ridge Holland after the match. So, I mean, that's obviously setting up for possibly Ridge Holland versus Sheamus. But what do you think about this match and the possibility of Ridge versus Sheamus? On this one, I kind of agree with uh, Kanye Twitty on this, man. It's just a rinse, uh, wash, repeat. And, yeah, I don't have no, like, emotion towards it or anything like that either. So, I mean, it's just like a, like, just an extra piece for me. So, I don't know. Ricochet, he did look pretty impressive in it. You know, he came out the gate, like, with a lot of energy and everything like that. I was impressed with the Alabama, uh, Alabama Slam, sorry about that, that Sheamus had did on ricochet it's pretty nice and then <clears throat> i want to say what the spanish fly from ricochet. oh i love that yeah that that, that was awesome dude so yeah that, it was it, it was exciting to see but yeah I'm, I'm ready for this one to be over with what about ridge and sheamus we kind of saw how i mean sheamus shoved him down look what mm-hmm. season we're in you got to pay attention to that we're in wrestlemania season kind of getting close we're truly on the road to wrestlemania this is just kind of like textbook right here at any time like it's a protege and a i guess a master and a apprentice i guess you want to use star wars terms but anytime there's something like this happens you know it's setting up for something down the road look at triple h and batista we've seen this type of thing happen so do you think that we're heading down that road maybe ridge holland turning babyface um i don't know but i you can tell that uh ricochet is getting under shameless skin with the wins that he got on of course him tonight and then uh the previous night or the previous week with uh, Ridge. So I don't know. I kind of see a little feud starting to fight or start up here, but I don't see too much going from it. How long, how long have you guys been, uh, been uh, watching uh, uh, Ridge Holland? Did you catch him in NXT? I Um, didn't. I mean, I saw, I saw him here and there only because, only because I follow Pat McAfee so frequently. And he obviously, Pat, Pat will say every time he sees Ridge Holland on SmackDown, how much he thinks that he resembles him. So I've seen Pat kind of retweet him. I don't really watch NXT, so I'm not really familiar with a lot of the guys that come from there anymore. But that's how I was familiar with him. And whenever he got called up, I, I knew right away this dude's talented. Well, when it comes to emotional investment, uh, now this isn't on the creators. This is by by horrible circumstance. See, I, I followed Rich Holland. You know, I watched NXT. NXT, uh, uh, the yellow and gold is what got kind of got me full board back into wrestling. Because now I get to see, 
you know, because, you know, Daniel Bryan's and all of them, you know, hometown boy, uh, you know, all of them, you know, I went back and, and noticed that they came from this thing called NXT. So I jumped in and it's, and you get emotionally invested because you get to see these, these people, not superstars, not wrestlers, these people grow into a job and grow to get better. And then they get the crowd behind them. Ridge Holland, I mean, he's a beast. He is amazing in the ring. He's incredibly strong. And, and when he got the call up, to come up to the main roster, he picked a guy, I don't remember who it was, he picked someone up on his shoulders and right there on TV blew out both his knees. On his first day, it was almost a year before he came back. So when he came back and came to NXT, you know, show back up, I was like, oh, I'm just, I was invested because I'm like, hey, he's back. Okay, cool. Hey, man, you know, he, he reclaimed his dream. And then I was very impressed in the fact that they didn't use him in NXT they just got the ring rust off of him, and he still got his promotion, his call up. And so, so when it comes to you know those three those three men in the ring, Ricochet is probably one of the best in the ring. You know, you know Sheamus is a veteran. I I seen him live, and his brawling style of wrestling, he is somebody that I use when somebody talks about he uses the fake word, the f word. You know what I'm saying? Um, when when Sheamus fights, he's like Moxley. He's like Brian Danielson. It is brawling, hitting, hard, physicality, and so that's undeniable. But when it comes to emotional investment, I, I, I'm right there for Rich Holland. You know, I, I've been I've been there for him. I want great things for him, and and I think I see a future. When he came up into NXT, I was like, that is a future world champion, hands down. You know, the, we always talk about you know the list of who could actually feasibly. Visually, in the ring, could you put up against Roman Reigns at this point? You know, besides, you know, your Brock Lesnar and your Bobby Lashley. Rich Holland is on that list for me. I want to see that match, to be perfectly blatantly honest. Rich Holland is is going to be a beast, you know, as long as he doesn't blow his knee out again. That's that's a big key. Big, big key. Yeah, I do think that moment, maybe not Roman Reigns. We'll kind of see how it happens. You know, it just depends on when, you know, when that clock hits. If Roman Reigns is still champion by the time that they do build up Ridge, I 100%. I'd be on board with that because I agree with you in a sense that he's believable. Like if you put those two in, in the ring together and you look at it, just the sight, those two dudes, they're powerhouses. They're absolute ham hocks. Vince McMahon is probably, oh, I can't say that, but Vince McMahon just absolutely loves seeing that whenever you just, what, what can you say? I was gonna say Vince McMahon's pitching a tent, looking at those two dudes in the ring, just because they they fit the description of exactly what he loved. I even got my oh, yeah, I got yeah, my man. co-host over here. You know, he, we haven't come out with his monarchy yet because I'm gonna debut him. You know, I told him it's like re- it's wrestling universe. Gotta have a character, so we're mm-hmm. working on it. You know, that's why I got Kanye Twitty. Uh, well, speaking of which, speaking of which, I, I, there's something I need to say. You know, because I've been gone for a couple weeks. You know, from if you've noticed, I've been gone because I was I was saving it for your show. I appreciate because, that. Because, hey, you know, I like being the celebrity. I like being the Brock Lesnar of the WWE podcast. You know, I, I come in when I want, how I want, and, and, and do what I want. You know what I'm saying? And I heard that uh, there was a there was a guy that was trying to use my name wrong on the mailbag a few weeks back, you know. And, you know, I, I'm not going to say his name, you know, because, I mean, him and the Miz and, you know, they need to be just put in a box and thrown out in the ocean. You know what I'm saying? But I, I just want to say this. It, it feels good to be in a whole nother level. Me, Ritter, but all of us, we in this level and that, that, that no name, whoever it wasn't, you know, I don't know who it is. You can keep trying. 
to get out the Kanye Twitty, but the crisis, that, that's somebody you don't want. The crisis is a hip hop, uh, superstar pretty much. You know, the crisis has gone on tour with Tech Nine, T-Pain, um, been a, been a national touring artist for six years before COVID, like the crisis, state of crisis, you know, the, the crisis is, is, is a very rated R version of myself. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, and so that's why, you know, in, in the podcast, you know, in the wrestling world, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, like he had to go back and do his music. And so that's why Kanye Twitty's here. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I found, I came up with the name on a Thanksgiving, me and me and my co-host and, and I immediately changed my Twitter to it. So Kanye Twitty is here to stay, but it's, Fire. I'm going to say this. If anybody ever wants to try and call out, the crisis. It's it's like calling out the demon from Finn Balor. That's what I was about to you say. I was about to compare that. Smoke. Okay. You don't want that kind of smoke. So, uh, Mr. No Name, you know, uh, uh, whatever that guy's name, I don't know. I, he's just a Miz lover. I refuse to say his <laughs> name now. It's, it's not happening. It's not happening. I, I just got to say, be careful. And then one other shout out. I have to give Brad a shout out from the uh, Patreon. He called in while I was taking my hiatus from the uh, mailbag and all that. And he actually pretended to be me. And I don't think Matt got it. Mm. Matt didn't get it. He thought it was me. And so I got to <laughs> say, Brad, way to go. Way to go. That is fire as absolute heck. And I think it's, I think I started a new trend. I think every week one of us, somebody's got to call in the mailbag and, and pretend to be someone else on the mailbag. So I think it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And, and you need to call it on the mailbag every now and then. I'm saying it, it takes yeah. a second, Mike. Oh, yeah, it takes sure. a second. I, yeah, it, it really does. And honestly, I plan on it. I just always forget my days get, get messed up, but I really want to on one of these takeovers so I can have my email or whatever it is read by Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. But I will say, speaking quickly about whoever you're referencing about their, you know, connection with the Miz, this goes for anybody out there and, you know, no offense to each their own, but if you like the Miz, then you might want to go get COVID tested. Because one of the symptoms from COVID is no taste. So you definitely might want to go get checked out there. But I will say, transitioning oh, here, Kanye Twitty, he mentioned a little bit earlier where he was at in the show. And it was whenever they showed a very long video package highlighting a lot of Undertaker's you know, big moments in his entire career. Obviously, it's no spoiler. It was announced earlier today that he is inducted into the 2022 Hall of Fame. And it's actually kind of weird. I actually looked it up because it's in Dallas, Texas. Me and John here, we're from Amarillo, Texas, about four or five hours from Dallas. So it's weird you guys though because, Texas? yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of weird I love, though. I love the state, love it. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I like Texas too. It's pretty cool. I do want to get up there though, Washington State. I almost went to a Seahawks Falcons game a few years back on a, on a Monday night. But anyways, well, let's, let's just make a deal right now. Let's make a deal right now because I'm a Houston Texans fan. Oh, okay. I've never seen my Houston Texans play live. I have. So next season, next season, I know it's, it's probably painful. Uh, no, no, next no, no, season, yeah, it was painful for me. Yeah, it was whenever uh, Will Fuller had like five touchdowns, something like that. I forgot okay, exactly. Well, next season, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna come down there, and we're gonna go to a Texans game, you just and then I'm gonna win. have you come up here, and we're gonna go to a Hawks game because you gotta experience what Hawks fans. I'm not a Hawks fan for one reason. I like the Seahawks. I like the players. I like Hawks fans are a holes. Like they, they mean. <laughs> They yeah. mean, and but it's fun, you know. It's definitely like going to wrestling a wrestling event when you go to Seahawks Stadium. Just wear the other team's jersey, whoever it is. Watch what happens. 
Yeah, I've been to Philly. I've been to New England, you know, so those two are pretty hostile environments as well. You know, obviously, Philly, shout out to Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan. She sounds like a pretty diehard Eagles fan from what I've heard. Big shout out to Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan. I'm a bigger fan of Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan than I am Mr. Casual Wrestling fan because he spoils pay-per-views. He spoils (laughs) storylines. He he has an in. He has somebody on speed dial. It's getting ridiculous. I, I, I personally have a feud going on. With, that's why I didn't call in the mailbag. I wasn't gonna give him that smoke. Wasn't gonna give him my shine. I we love him. Make, I do love him secretly. But hey, you know, like I'm mad. I'm mad. We actually need to make sure that casual wrestling fan doesn't have any connection or affiliation with Marty McFly. The way he's starting to predict the future and all that stuff. But exactly, exactly. You know, even even the Super Bowl, even in the yeah. Super Bowl, he was doing it. And by the way, I do got a surprise for you at the end of this show, my friend. I made it just for you. I, I, I like to hear that, but, well, uh, like I was saying, I almost forgot where I was there, but anyways, the, the reason why we got talking about The Undertaker and all that stuff is because I looked up today how much it would cost to go to one of those WWE Hall of Fame ceremonies, because WrestleMania obviously costs an arm and a leg, but because it's in Dallas, I was like, well, it's not that far. I wouldn't mind going to watch Undertaker get inducted. This is one of the biggest inductions that we've seen in like 10 years, so I was all for it. I looked it up, and it's actually taking place immediately after SmackDown. SmackDown that Friday, I think, is going to be in the American Airlines Center. So it's going to be that Friday night literally immediately after SmackDown. How's that going to work? Those Hall of Fame speeches are like five hours long. Like, how is that going? Like, how are you going to have fans I'm sit? Like, it's just weird. Like, how are you going to have fans sit in the arena for a two hour wrestling show and then like a Hall of Fame ceremony? I'm all for it. I would do it. I'd sign up for it. But it's just kind of like it's it's weird planning, I guess, or scheduling. Well, what I'm watching, what I'm watching right now. I'm watching right now. By the way, I am at the at the main event. Oh, okay. What I'm watching right now, these fans have sat there for a whole SmackDown taping, and then immediately pretending that it's a week later and sitting through another taping. So yeah, I, you know, hey, I'm in still. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. especially down there in Texas, there's gonna be plenty of beer. You know, I mean, it's not like it's going to be in Vegas because, you know, we never want to bring that up again. Yeah. You know, the Vegas, the Vegas debacle, I was there. I was Summer there. Slam. That was the most, the most ridiculous thing I'd ever experienced. And it was, it was, it almost got to the point of riots because there was no, all the, uh, I don't know if you know, but all the whole stadium went down. It's all electronic. So it all went down right at the beginning of the show. So there was no food, no beer, no nothing. You know, people are, oh, it was bad, you know, but down there in Texas, you know, I went down there, you know, and, uh, hey, you know, there's going to be plenty of beer for, for, for people there, you know, saying I'll sit, I'll sit and watch something sure. like that for six hours. If it's, if it's ending off with The Undertaker, that's a, that's a bucket list. If you have the chance to go to that, you got to go. How yeah. Do you miss something like that. That's The Undertaker. For sure. And, and that's the main thing. And that's why I really, I looked at WrestleMania tickets is because Austin's rumored return and all that stuff. So like there's so many reasons to go to this specific one. But if I don't go to WrestleMania, there's a pretty good, there's a pretty damn good chance I'm going to be going to that Hall of Fame ceremony. But yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to The Undertaker, obviously. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't even have anybody else in this class. Like if they just dedicate the entire 2022 class to it. Yeah. Yeah. It should just be. I mean, what in the in baseball? I don't know if you watch baseball, but in baseball isn't there just one dude that got into the Hall of Fame this year? One. John John might know that better than me. Oh yeah, yeah. no, because it's the steroid yeah. era. It's the steroid era, but there's only yeah. one guy that actually made it through the voting. And so, but with me, I'm like, the Undertaker is so great, so great. 
he deserves that platform all by himself. Like they should bring up, they shouldn't have anybody else inducted. They should have everybody else coming up. And I want to hear what everyone's favorite moment was or, or, or moments with the undertaker that, or with, or with Mark Calloway, you know, that we haven't heard, you know, from the documentary that we haven't heard. That's what I want to see a parade of, of wrestlers going up there and talking about how the undertaker changed their life. I want to see, I even want to see the Miz go up there and tell everybody one more time on how the Damn. undertaker was the man that brought him back into the locker room after Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels kicked him out for eight months. You know, you know, I may, I may not like the Miz. I don't like the Miz as a character. Miz, Mike Mizano, like I'm getting it tattooed on my hand. He said something when he did that one documentary where he actually did it just by him, as him. And he said flat out, when people don't like me, people talk all this trash, this and that. He's like, that's you. I like me. And that's what I'm getting tattooed is I like me. And it's going to say Mike Mizano under it, not the Miz, because I mean, I just hate the Miz character. You know what I'm saying? Like if we can name probably five or six characters right now, gimmicks that have <laughs> never evolved, have never changed. And, and, and that's the reason why it's just like, it's just trash. The Miz as, as, as a gimmick right now is trash, but Mike Mizano, I will never, you know, discredit that man. Everything he wanted to do, he did. Um, everything went from the minute he decided to become a wrestler. It was just one day he decided that's what he was going to do. And he, he stayed kicked out of the, out of the uh, locker room for what, four to eight months. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, the under, he finally had that match with the Undertaker. It, it, in my mind, until tonight, until tonight, <laughs> spoiler, uh, the last re- actual intercontinental champion that I can remember that was actually made it relevant because we know the wrestler makes the belt. The belt does not make the wrestler and the Miz. And he did back, back in the day, he did make the intercontinental title relevant. And he had a, he had a tremendous run with it. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, back. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. Smackdown live back when talking smack was a thing. Yep. Yeah. It was yes. a good run. Yeah. It really was. But, you know, but it just never evolved. You know, I hate to talk about the Miz so much, but I just want to make sure that, you know, like, cause Kanye Twitter, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say some knee jerk reactions, you know, and like you, as we talked off air, you know, what I try to do is, is you and Matt and everybody else that does this every week, you know, I feel like I may be wrong, but I feel like every now and then you got to hold yourself back a little bit for being, you know, saying exactly what you want to say you know what i'm saying because you're doing it more for the mass the mass people so that's why i told matt that's why kanye twitty's here is because i want to say the things i want to do the rants that so you don't have to you know what i'm saying so you know you know you don't have to but you know with the miz you know i rant about him all, all the time but really it's just because i don't like mr no name and 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 how he always be poking at me because because it, it hurts i don't like being poked it's weird <laughs> Uh, anyways, you know, but the Miz, you know, the, the Miz gimmick is just, it, it's tired. It's just like John Morrison's was. It's never evolved. You know, I mean, that's why Becky Lynch has done so well with herself. Her, her, it's kept evolving. Seth Rollins right now. Exactly. It's really crazy. Seth. You know, my co-host never saw these versions. He never saw Bailey. He's never the seen, hugger? uh, I told John that. Yeah, yeah, he never saw that. He never saw, you know, Lynch, you know, as she got her rise or the Kofi mania as that happened. Now I was like, it was an evolution of a character that got us in. And that's why I keep telling him, I, I tell him that no matter what, the day Bailey shows, we have a bat going. When Bailey shows up by the end of that show, he is going to look at me and be like, okay, she's in the top five. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's legit. She really is. I was kind of pissed whenever she didn't come during the Royal Rumble, but 
I guess save it for a bigger time. I don't really know what what happened if there's any, if there's going to be anybody left for her to face at WrestleMania. So she might end up being one of those Raw after Mania debuts. That's where I think yeah. it's, I think the reason why she didn't uh, debut in the Royal Rumble was specifically because of Ronda Rousey. Because here's the thing: I was there when Edge returned. I was there when Becky Lynch returned. I'm going to say this on record: the biggest pop re- in recent history that we are going to hear it's going to be on the Undertaker, on the Stone Cold, on the Rock level is when Bailey actually returns. Because people have forgotten exactly how big she carried the company. She was Roman Reigns through through COVID. She carried the company. She hasn't performed in front of a live crowd in over two years, my friend. She was actually the first superstar to come out with no fans in the arena on that Monday Night Raw. Her music was the first mm-hmm. one to hit as it started. And I remember seeing that her and Sasha Banks coming out together. It was crazy. I'm actually never going to forget that just because of, you know, the whole the whole COVID situation and all that stuff. But glad we're past it. Looking forward to seeing Bailey whenever she comes back because 100%. I know SmackDown could definitely use her, but. She's just an, she's an asset to the roster. But anyways, continuing on here in the show, Jay versus Ivar, Jay Uso. They kind of got a little bit. We saw their tag team partners fight. I saw it live in OKC a couple weeks ago. And now we see these two go at it. It's a little bit of a one and one now. Ivar gets the win, or I guess he was supposed to. He hits a splash off the top rope and he's about to cover, clearly about to get the win. But Jimmy Uso interferes. What y'all think about this? Do you think that it's going to set up given that Ivar looked good? I mean, he really did in this match. I'm not sure Jay had much control, if any, at all during this match. So do you think there's a snowball's chance in hell that the Viking Raiders walk out of Elimination Chamber, Saudi Arabia, with these tag team championships? Um, This one, man, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I kind of see the Viking Raiders as an impressive tag team, but yeah, at this point, I don't see them moving anywhere. DJ Kuzma, where you at? <laughs> I need a lunch bowl. I need a lunch bowl. And, and again, again, you know, I watch NXT and, and Eric and I are in NXT before when, when they could use war, 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 war. You know what I'm saying? Like they were, they won the crowd. They won the crowd over. They won the fans over. Um, and their gimmick, you know, that's one of the very few that uh, has gone to the main roster. And I swear, they need to evolve. I knew their gimmick wasn't going to work on the main roster. I knew it wasn't going to work. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's just, it's a little too, I don't even know the word. It's a little too, uh, too, too corny and not even corny yeah. in a way. But you know what I'm saying? But, but we have to admit, you know, Matt said this before and I'll never forget it. I've tried to, but the whole... They killed those characters as badasses. They killed them when they did the, uh, uh, whatever well, you, can you, do. you can do. Well, you can do, I can do better. Yeah. They killed, they killed it. it. Yeah. Like that, that killed the, the, the gimmick. Like, like I can't take them serious when they're trying to be heelish and I can't take them serious as a baby face. So they're broken to me. The, the, and it's sad because they are good in the ring, you know, but they, they remind me a lot of FTR. I forgot what their name was when they were the in WWE. The revival. the revival, yes. You know, I mean, me and my me and my co-host, we talk about this all the time. You know, because FTR is one of the best, and even while they were the revival, they are one of the best pure tag teams in in the world. They are, you know, match after match, no matter who you put them in there with. But the the gimmick is there's nothing to get invested behind. You know, it, it remind they remind me of a gimmick from the uh, 
Not the Attitude Era. I'm talking the Hogan Savage era. The you know, pre Attitude Era. Mm. Yeah, you know, and 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 they're another one that I hate to say it. I, and I this is gonna be my new one. I'm gonna start putting people on the chopping block. <laughs> <laughs> they're on the chopping block, you know, because they've tried everything to get over on the crowd, and but their character is broken. They're one of the few uh, few uh, superstars where I, I believe that a repackage is in order. I believe a repackage is in order because I think it would save their their career at WWE. And if they don't repackage, then I see them, like I said, on the chopping block going somewhere else. Yeah. I'm not saying they need to come out with like an accent or something like that, but I think they really need to take a page out of Apollo Crews' playbook. They need to look at what he did. His character was stale, kind of walking in place, not going anywhere. He adds what's-his-face, Commander Aziz, gets an accent, has a new character, a fresh coat of paint. And he had a nice little run there, had a WrestleMania moment or whatever whenever he had that match with Big E, all that good stuff. So I think that you're right. It's just time to turn the page, like because I mean their careers are at least. Sarah Logan. I mean, she is back supposedly. What if you bring in Sarah Logan? Maybe you know, maybe just even just that, you know, because then they wouldn't have to do so much. Maybe they could back her, you know, and some, you know, and some get them on TV without having to wrestle, and then they could maybe. Yeah, they they just need to evolve. Their character needs to evolve. Take them out of the spotlight a little bit. Give it to her. Let them be a little bit in the or let them take a little bit of a of a back seat. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, think of what it would be like to have a have a girl be, you know, making a run through the roster, the females division, having those two behind her. You know, like if she, if she was good on the mic, it, it would work. Like if she could actually carry herself on the mic and have them two kind of just be her lackeys, then I feel like that would actually be a pretty good formula. I think it'd be the other way around. I'd, I'd go ahead and use. Uh, I think it's Eric, uh, the, yeah. the bald guy. Yeah, her husband. I would use her Eric real life on husband. the mic. Yeah, I would. I would use. Oh wow, yeah, I do. I wanted to make sure. I didn't want to say that until I 100 did. But yeah, 100 put him on the mic. He has good mic skills when he's not trying to talk like Ben Affleck being Batman. <laughs> by the way, by the way, Ben Affleck as Batman, trash. <laughs> We'll see how uh how old Bob Patterson does here as uh, the new edition of Batman. Hey, hey bro, the, the the Miz, the Miz would be better than Ben Affleck. The Miz actually yeah. might be. He kind of he has that little Batman <laughs> vibe, that Bruce. Oh, the Miz, was it Bruce I, Wayne? I will say this, the Miz needs to be Johnny Cage. He needs to be Johnny Cage. No one else needs to be Johnny Cage but the Miz. I feel like he could be like an an adult version of uh who was it was it Tommy in the Power Rangers the way he wears that headband that, that white headband that he comes down to the ring with <laughs> just brings back memories every time I see that. But, oh my god! All uh, right, I, next I match. Next match. Yeah. <laughs> the, well, the next segment here, Drew McIntyre, he speaks to the crowd a little bit, and I'm I'm gonna be honest with you guys. You guys know I'm gonna have to have John no. carry this one because he comes I, out I and immediately. John, this is all you. This yeah, is all you. I'm a lunchable. I'm eating three lunchables. I mean, he literally comes out and starts talking about the Saints. If you know football, if you know mm-hmm. the Falcons and the Saints, I mean, I put in booze in the last episode whenever they said New Orleans. So the fact that he talked about the Saints and then went to the Super Bowl, I mean, he lost me at that moment. I'd rather hear Byron Saxton spit all the corporate BS that he spits on a weekly basis on a, on a loop than hear anybody say anything about the Saints winning a Super Bowl. So yeah, John, take it from here because I was absolutely checked out. Well, yeah, basically right here, man. He basically he goes through the little video package of what happened to him backstage with his injury and everything like that. And, you know, kind of goes over what the doctor tells him that he wasn't going to make it to the road to uh, WrestleMania and everything. And then, of course, uh, Corbin and Madcap, they, I'm Madcap, sorry about that. They interrupt, man. And of course, 
uh, Drew, he, he's, I don't know. He's, I guess he kind of like starts to credit, uh, Madcap on saying that, that he'd be a better, like, single person rather than, uh, running with uh, Corbin because he kind of like put like a damper on his name or something like that. But yeah, I, I really wasn't for it. I mean, did, uh, didn't really take much from it. Uh, it, it was just something that needed to get out of the way pretty quick. I do got it in my notes uh, on AEW, you know, before Cody Rhodes left, he said something scathing when he was, he mentioned that the Young Bucks shouldn't be messing around with developmental. It was when they uh, were messing around with Redragon, which if WWE Universe doesn't know who that is, that's Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. And anyways, that's what we, me and my co-host thought about is now seeing Drew McIntyre out there with Corbin and Matt Cat Moss, it, he shouldn't be messing with developmental. All right, like, like this is Drew McIntyre. That if it wasn't for him and Bailey, that COVID era is 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 even worse than you can imagine. This is a man that that climbed to the top of the mountain, and, and two weeks before his greatest moment, it was yanked from him. And now that we're back live, you know they keep you know flirting with him around the around the picture. No, he, in my opinion. I'm going back to Royal Rumble. There was only one person that should have won that Royal Rumble, and that was Drew McIntyre. And and seeing anything with him and Madcap and Corbin, I'm already I'm right there with you. I I literally that's when I hit the mute button when we were talking. I was like, oh, this is all this is like a whole lunchable break. <laughs> I, can, I can shoot the crap right now because it's a it's yeah, a complete yeah. lunchable break. Uh, Madcap needs to be separated from Corbin. He has a superstar mm-hmm. written all over him. Um, it's just, abs- he's being held back. Not whereas Omas is being built up by AJ. Madcap is being held back and he's being held mm-hmm. back day after day after day. Uh, Corbin, I, I, I liked it when, you know, I liked the whole, you know, the moment where he went from being broke and bummed and I liked the, the in, inauguration of the happy Corbin character. But then as soon as you paired him up with, with Madcap, then it just gets cringy. You know what I'm saying? You know, except for one joke that Madcap said a couple of weeks ago, one joke. And, it, and yeah, it had me peeing my, my pants, uh, you know, but there was only one time that one thing he said was funny, but his in-ring work is superb. His in-ring work is amazing. Baron Corbin has his own storyline that, that we can play on. His, his move, his finishing move has never been kicked out of. So there's, you have, he has his own storyline. You can, he can go do something else. Yeah, it's built so in. So it's just stale. I'm, I'm tired of the, like you said, wash, rinse, repeat. How many weeks in a row have we seen those same two matches and those same amount of people doing the same thing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And, and, and the thing is about Drew is he kind of tried to justify it on this episode whenever he mentioned, he said, well, two years ago, I won the Royal Rumble and I was chasing Brock Lesnar for the champion last year. I was the champion heading into WrestleMania this year. It's personal. So, you know, he's talking about Baron Corbin or happy Corbin. So, you know, that's who he's going to face, but he almost tried to make it seem like it's all right. Like the past two years, I was main eventing WrestleMania. I was in a championship match and this year it's quote unquote personal. So whatever to each his own. I mean, I guess they're going to, it doesn't really matter. They're just trying to get him in something because I think at the end of the day, WWE has their eyes on a certain uh, title versus title scenario. But anyways, let's go ahead and transition a little bit into the the meat and potatoes of this episode of SmackDown. The thing that got spoiled, the big ticket item, the Intercontinental Championship hold on, match. Hold, hold on, don't finish. If you're going to tell the end of the – I am literally halfway almost to the end of the – I'm a huge Sami Zayn fan. 
Hey, I, know, I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. And, 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 and right now he's kicking Shinsuke. So I already know how he, he he wins, but I promise you, like I've been I've been with Sami Zayn. I had to go back and and that's when I went back to NXT and did some research. Is and I saw him on the main roster with Kevin Owens, and I really you know liked him. But I went back and saw you know how he grew in NXT, and he's one of the characters, one of the gimmicks in WWE that's progressed the most since NXT. Like his character has gone through so many evolutions, and so I, I promise you, I'm gonna pop when he wins this, even though I know he wins. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> are you at the point where? Hey, are you at the point where Shinsuke's hitting those stiff kicks? That's the one thing I noticed from oh, this. Oh, dude, yeah. Did you oh, see that, John? When he's on the bottom oh, rope, yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, stiff kicks to the face. It was rough. Yeah. I was like, gosh, dang, man. That's but why I like Sami Zayn and your Kevin Owens because if you know, and, and I hate, you know what. You know, I don't hate. I'm I'm Kanye Twitter. I watch all wrestling, and, and judging by the discourse, sir, we all watch everything, you know. But so that's why I always go back to Moxley, Moxley, and 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 Brian Danielson when they fight, they you know you know they have that talk with the other person, like, hey, this is you know we we gonna hit each other. We gotta make a sound. (laughs) And for everyone, every time I give you one. You get a receipt. You get to give me one. You know what I'm saying? And then you just go yeah. back and forth, you know, and, and, and that's where the pride and the pop and the adrenaline goes. And, you know, and Sami Zayn, you know, he, he's, he's been very overlooked in the ring. Um, he is, he is superb in the ring. The takeover matches that he did, uh, you know, in NXT, absolutely phenomenal, you know, especially I mean, against- on the mic, you know, but, but, He's great in the ring, and he's one of those guys that will take – he won't take a lot of them, but he'll yeah. take some stiff fit, hits to the face and whatnot. Yeah, I noticed that oh, for sure. This match is like – Are you serious? Are you <laughs> – What? Shit. Wait. What? Okay, there's a guy in the crowd. He's wearing a red shirt. He's got his hands yeah. over his head like this. That's what I'm – Are you kidding <laughs> Did Matt just like burn his house? I hope he got his kids, his kids and his wife out before he did. I bet he burned his house down. Um, a roll up, a ro- what? Mm. You, you, can you just tell everybody what this moment is for me? I, I think you know the word. Trash. trash. Absolute trash. <laughs> how do you, how do you go through it? That's what I don't understand. And they've done it in multiple times at WWE. How do you go through an amazing match? Amazing match. And ending a roll-up that don't make no sense. Yeah, I mean, we saw it happen literally with the first ever main event that women were in at WrestleMania with Becky. I mean, they do this all the time, and it just sucks because – That was I'm, a horrible roll-up. I, I will say this. A roll-up there if, – if you do a move, a finishing move or, or a submission move or a power move into a roll-up, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? If it's, if it it's at the end of it, a yeah. move. But that was just this, the crowd. They're booing not because Sami Zayn won the title. Yeah. They're booing because it was a roll up. That's yeah, right. And, and this title hasn't been that's defended trash. for months, for months. Like, and it's and that's how it did. Like, that's how it changes hands. That just tells you how they view that title. Like, yeah, all right, you guys have been begging for us to change hands. We're gonna do it the most lazy way possible, but we're gonna throw two dudes in there who can put on a five star, twenty five minute match in their sleep. That's pretty yes. much the the route they took. Yeah. Bottom line is this is I I'm I mean Matt on the last show we did together I came up with that uh that poll, you know, what was gonna happen first? Alexa yep. was in the ring, Intercontinental title defended, or Veer Mahan shows up. Right now, 
Like, I'm so happy that he has the title and that, and yeah, but man, I, I would rather take a beer. I picked Veer. I, mean, I, I really thought Veer. I showed up and wrecked them both, and then we get a triple threat <laughs> at, at, at the Hell of Cell. I'll be like, all right, I'm in, I'm in. But yeah. man, 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 I, you know, I hope you got that recorded for the, that is, that is knee jerk. As it happened, we never get that on the podcast. That's why I thought it was really cool to do a show with you because I could watch as we go. But that is, that is, that, that, hey, hey, say it with me, co-host. Trash. Absolute trash. <laughs> it was, oh and it, it just goodness. sucks because, like, the, the good things about that, 100% not on creative. Like, everything good about that, which is the bell-to-bell match, that's all Sammy and Chinsuke. And that's just, like, that that's what beautiful. they do. The, the one thing that creative did, which is book the finish of the match, they can't even do that. They fumble that. They can't even just say, hey, when do you guys hit your finisher and look strong heading into WrestleMania as the Intercontinental Champion? They can't even give us that. So it's tough. Like with oh, the Intercontinental the Championship, the it's not. No, Goldberg and Roman Reigns have a face-to-face. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, that's – okay, so uh you want to talk about football or something then? Because, like, I don't talk Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg, yeah. Oh, oh. Well, we can. And that's another trash moment. You had a championship match, and you didn't end it. The show with that, and the face to face, like there is a conspiracy. There is. Yeah. He has, he has a point there. He does. There's facts that, that are behind Sami Zayn. But I mean, you're really not missing nothing with this face to face. Honestly, it wasn't very. I mean, you know, both of these guys, Roman Reigns, Goldberg, they have like four minute entrances. Both of their entrances, like each, were longer than the actual interaction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bro, there was one episode, or or I was at, uh, what was it? I was at a, I think it was the Royal or SummerSlam. I think it was SummerSlam, and I said something along the lines. I don't remember what match it was, but I looked at the kid next to me. I said, "Hey, oh no, it was the actual Goldberg and uh, her uh, Roman. It was Roman Reigns' match with somebody. I don't remember what it was. Ralph Hanks. I'm having a brain fart." But basically what I flat out said was, I will bet you this, that the match will last, will be shorter than Roman Reigns' entrance. Oh, that, yeah, it was the, uh, it was, uh, Goldberg was in, in another match. That's what it was. And, you know, sure shit, I was right. You know what I'm saying? You know, but I, I, I like it though. You know, I think Roman Reigns has earned it. Um, I, I think that they could save some time every now and then. And give a little more time to other things if they, you know, I don't need it the full entrance every, every week, every night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. But if I, I fast do, forward time, I I'll fast forward it. through it. Yeah, I do fast forward to it. Like his entrance has become a lunchable break for me just because I know I have the time, mm-hmm. not because I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Because it is epic and it's grown. His entrance has evolved. Uh, another person uh, that I want to point out, uh, Bobby Lashley. His entrance has been evolving. Um, if I don't know if you've noticed, but even the simplicity is when he takes his hands before he was, he was pounding his fist twice to the beat and then hitting it to the hit palm. Now he's pounding his fist twice and pointing in the air. He's like, he's been slowly doing these little tiny things because you see people like Seth Rollins, you see people like Shinsuke, you know, you see people like Finn Balor where they have perfected, uh, Adam Cole, baby, you know, they have perfected their entrance and to where they could do it the same way every time. And then once they get to that point, you know, then that creates that repetition and that makes the fans start doing it along with you. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so Roman Reigns entrance, you know, it is, it is what it is and he's earned it. He has absolutely earned it. The guys you're talking about though, the, the ones you mentioned as far as like their entrances, you mentioned Seth Rollins, you mentioned Adam Cole and uh, Alistair Black, Malachi Black, another one. The one common denominator between all those guys, 
Triple H, the the king, literally, no pun intended, of entrances. I mean, the dude who literally would take a Dasani bottle, Ozarka bottle, whatever it was, that bad boy was going into row six of the crowd. He's spitting <laughs> all over rows one through three, and it's just, you know, a hell of an entrance. And he kind of tells you, hey, if you want to have your character hit the next level, you got to, you know, hit the entrance out of the park. And that's some someone who, I mean, HBK, another guy, they knock their entrances out of the park every single week. Yeah, uh, take uh, take uh, what uh, Brock Lesnar said, and that's that's something that I, I was hoping. You know, if you want to do a side episode, I'd love to do it. I think we need to do a side episode and uh, on the Pat McAfee Brock Lesnar interview is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen Dude. because it's one of the only times that you got to see Brock be real. You never no get gimmick. to see that side of him. Yeah. Oh I was dying the whole show and there was so much good content that was pulled out of it. And one of the things you got to, Brock Lesnar said it. And, and this, if you put one, one A word in the, in the show, put this one in there. He said, I quote to the younger talent, put some asses in seats. It's not about the big spot. Stop worrying about your next big spot. Exactly. Get the fans involved. Get them to care. Like he flat out said it, you know, you know, I mean, for people who don't know the back, the back, you know, stories of wrestling, Brock Lesnar is, is one of the greatest of all time behind the scenes. He's so good that I could see him do it in the ring. Like when he had McIntyre, he told, you know, caught it on camera, which is another trash moment. Uh, WWE needs to keep that camera with the microphone away from uh, the ring because I'm starting to hear like there's a couple of girls matches where I heard them talking to each other in the corner, you know, said, get me up, yeah. you know, and things like that. But, you know, we all remember when Brock Lesnar told, you know, it was caught on camera, told, told McIntyre, stand over me. Stand, this is your stand hold over up, he said, me. Yeah, you know hold up I'm the belt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because Brock Lesnar is so good at what he does, you know, it's and, it. you know, another thing out of that, you know, I have a lot more respect for him because he's, it's not that he's an introvert. It's not that he doesn't like people. He said flat out, it's not that I don't like people. I just like to be left alone. He says it takes him about three days after doing these runs, you know, doing these shows. It takes him about three days to decompress at home because he's just not he, – he spends so much of himself out there. And so that gives me even more respect for him, you know, and what he's given. Because the only reason why I never liked Brock, it wasn't that I never liked Brock, the the, the performer. I didn't like that whole run where he had the universal title for what, two years and it was off TV for, you know, darn near two years. You remember that? You know, I'm that's saying? what I'm scared of here coming up. You know, but I don't think it's going to, I think, I think he, he knows that the fans really backlashed on that, you know, and, and especially after COVID, you know, like, no, we want to see the people that work every day. That's why, you know, the Royal Rumble was an absolute crap show because. You know, there's a lot of people that I see work tirelessly day in, day out, that, that work day in, day out during COVID with no, with no crowd putting their bodies on the lines. And then you're just bringing in, you know, the part timers to take the number one slot. Like I don't have a problem with Rhonda being in the, in the main event. I don't have a problem with Brock being in it. There was no reason for them to win the Royal Rumble. There was, no, there was other ways to get them to that story. You know what I'm saying? But the bottom line is, is Roman. He can't lose the title at WrestleMania. That's what I'm saying. For his, he's done everything else and checked all the boxes on this run to make one of the greatest runs in history. But it has, he has to get through Royal Rumble as champion. After that, he can, he could drop the title and, and, you know, and have a feud or something, but, but he has to win. 
you know, and the whole unification, I, I saw another story. Maybe you can find it and check it out too. I was afraid to read it because I didn't want to. Um, but there's, there are people are saying there are signs that the draft and the split and the different brands that's maybe coming to an end. Um, and if that does happen, then I'm going to be going that that's just one more thing that's making me watch AEW. AEW's earned me with, with, with the product, but WWE pushes me there sometimes. Like right now, after watching that roll up, all up, me and my homie right here are like, all right, so we still got Rampage, right? You know what I'm saying? Because we mad. You know, I want what another thing, and this is something I wanted to tell you. Me and him sat here. We're going to do this on every one of our episodes. We recorded bell to bell wrestling. Okay. On, on SmackDown that same night on an hour show on AW record bell to bell wrestling. That one hour show had over, had like 62% wrestling. SmackDown had like what, 23, 24? Like it wasn't even half the show. You know what I'm saying? And, and those are those things that are pushing me. I, I watch wrestling for wrestling, you know, yes, stories and this and that. But the main reason is I want to see some good, some wrestling, you know, and, 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 and it's just one thing that, you know, it's, it, stop doing it. Stop doing it. You know, uh, th- th- this whole thing right here, you know, with the show we're on right now, this should have ended with Sami Zayn holding the title up in the middle of the ring, getting that moment. You know, it, it, it didn't need to. This, this whole thing with Goldberg. Uh, no, I saw him live. I did. Get, and yes, I will say this. It was cool. You know, you know, the, you know, just the aesthetics of seeing him once, you know, live and, and hearing the crowd. But I wasn't saying chanting Goldberg. I'm chanting Oldberg. I'm chanting, get off my TV. I'm chanting, I don't want to see you, all right? I saw you bust your head open and knock your own self out wrestling The Undertaker. The worst match of The Undertaker's career has you in it, all right? Like, like I don't want to see Goldberg. I wasn't a fan of Goldberg in the beginning in WCW days because he never bought in. He wasn't, he wasn't into the universe. He showed up and did his job. He didn't pitch in creatively, none of that, all right? He, he basically had his superstardom given to him. Yes, I'm going on a rant. Kanye Twitty is going on a trash rant about Goldberg because Goldberg <laughs> now, yes, he may be, you know, trying to, you know, repay, you know, you know, the, the attention he should have paid back then. But all I'm seeing is watching TV and out of nowhere, he just show up, does two sayings, gets a title shot. I'm going to see him do like Hogan, three moves and that's it. And then I'm going to see you in six more months. He even said that if he will, he's only willing to re-sign a contract if he gets to dethrone Roman Reigns. You just broke the fourth wall on, on, on social media for me on that. <laughs> wait, wait, you, he literally said that he will not sign a new contract unless they book him to dethrone Roman Reigns. That's breaking a fourth wall that's, that's unnecessary. That's his not, that's his lack of knowledge of how the business works. And that's why Goldberg, my opinion, Trash. <laughs> that was that was a long one. That, that was well said. And I will say, I, I have a couple things that I just wanted to uh, to answer. The number one, the whole Brock Lesnar interviewing with Pat thing. I would love to do that just to talk about that because number one, shout out to Pat. I mean, how many people do you know that are going to get Brock Lesnar comfortable? That's number one, just to where he could sit yeah. down and be himself, where he was joking, doing Stone Cold Steve Austin impressions. You Nobody. never see that side of Brock. Yeah. So Nobody. yeah. So number he one, said yeah. It was because he likes. Yeah. He said flat out, he, I mean, the minute he gets on the show, he's laughing. He accidentally breaks the table. It's hilarious. Yeah. But he flat yeah. out says that he says that Pat McAfee makes SmackDown. And I have to agree. Me and my co-host, we, he, he, Pat McAfee can mess up. 
he could buy, he could do his pencil thing and miss his pencil and, you know, or he can get a little too animated and sometimes, you know, seem like he's taking the camera a little bit away from the spotlight or the, uh, but he's so good and adds so much to what he does. He's actually my inspiration for how I am ultimately, after I get to finally do my show and get that launch, I'll, I'm refining my character too. You know what I'm saying? You know, like when I'm by myself, I get a little bit more anime, but when I'm with y'all, you know, I'm really trying to learn how to, you know, coexist with, with different personalities on a podcast, but, you know, like Pat McAfee is, is where I'm going to be at. You know what I'm saying? Like completely loose. You know, he knows that sometimes he's going to say something's going to sound stupid, but he's not afraid. He's not afraid to fail. And he's one of the few people I've seen that Vince McMahon is trusting. Cause I say that this is the best quality you can have from any employer. If you really want the best, the best out of me as an employee or the best of me as a teammate or anything, you have to trust me to fail. Period. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, that's yeah. what the NFL doesn't do with black coaches. <laughs> Mic drop. They don't trust them to <laughs> fail. You know, so the minute they fail, Sorry. yank. You're, you, because that fear of failing. If I have a fear of failing, or the fear that if I do something wrong or if I mess up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get backtracked, punished, or fired. You're never gonna get the best out of me. And Pat McAfee has been unleashed. I can't say enough about him. I, I, I'm going to, I have a dream list of people I want to interview on my podcast and they're all going to be big people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But right. I'm going to keep on doing it. And Pat McAfee is one because I want to interview Pat McAfee as, as Pat McAfee himself, like him. No character, not, not the podcast guy, not, not Pat McAfee on rest. I want to, I want to talk to him because I feel like, you know, he took a punting career. A punting career, and he has become one of the most well-known names in broadcasting, podcasts, and all that. And, and that is to be commended. To be commended. He made yeah, over man. a million dollars in seven different professions, but now go ahead, John. Oh no, I was just gonna say I agree with him, man. I feel like uh, Pat he brings so much to the show, and then like Michael Cole, he even said it like he's like, he revamped his his, his, career. his career, you know. So I mean, that, I think that was yeah, a great point that you pointed out right there. Oh yeah, most definitely. Another thing I wanted to touch on though, you kind of, you talked about the brand split possibly going away. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I kind of noticed that Raw and SmackDown have white ropes. That's number one. And that's a big deal. People think I'm crazy because I point that out every week, but it's, it's something that I notice. It makes the shows feel different. The highlights. Yeah. The highlights of the <laughs> matches. Like you don't know for sure if you're at, cause like whenever you're watching a highlight of a match, all you can see is the ring, you know? So like that's number one. You know, if it's on Raw, if it's on SmackDown nowadays. You can't tell from the superstars because they go back and forth without any explanation. So you really can't tell. I mean, Seth Rollins was on SmackDown for like three weeks in January and he's a Raw superstar. So, I mean, you really can't tell there. But I will say, do you guys remember back in like junior high or whatever? I'm not sure if you guys experienced this, but say you're like sitting there in class, right? And one of your girlfriend's friends, you know, you're sitting there enjoying a nice day, just a regular day in school. One of your girlfriend's friends comes up and she tells you that. Your girlfriend doesn't want to be with you anymore. She wants to break up with you, you know? So it's kind of like, wait, you know, you don't want to believe it. You hope the rumors aren't true, but it's just your heart breaks, you know, right there and it ruins your day. That's kind of how I'm feeling right now when you tell me about the rumors about the brand split because my heart just, it can't take that. I, I don't want to see that. I'm a big fan of the brand split. I really am. I feel like it provides structure. It gives balance. It gives more people mic time, air time, all that stuff. What do you guys think about that? I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you 100%. The reason why I don't want the brand split to disappear is because Roman Reigns, let's take him for example, flat out. Right now, Roman Reigns is having, not just because of this heel, his beautiful heel turn, 
you know, but he's having an amazing run and, and, and he, he's, he's over so much that the crowd is cheering him, you know, as a heel. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's great, but that's because it was only on, on Fridays. Now we remember a few years back when Roman Reigns was on both brands every, and then there was, there was a couple people that were on both brands every, every show. So you're telling me that in three hours on Monday and two hours on Friday, I'm going to get the same superstars. That's why we need the brand splits because yeah. there are too many good superstars on the roster. And the minute you do that, you're taking away from somebody else's time that could be actually be getting, be getting built. I, and then, and you're also taking away the anticipation. I, I like the fact that if, if there's a good part of this Roman Reigns storyline, I love the fact that I have to wait till Friday. You know? I'm watching three hours of Raw and it sucks sometimes. But yeah, you know, uh, you know, you know, I, I need them to be on different brands because their roster is too good. And the minute you start putting them on different brands is the minute you have people like Liv Morgan and, and Ruby Soho and Malachi Black and, and, and Keith Lee and Mia Yim and the list goes on and on and on sitting in catering so long that they end up leaving. I don't need that. You know, I don't need that. I don't need the titles to be unified because each brand needs their major title each brand needs a major title as far as i'm concerned you could say i think they should take the 24 7 title and turn it into the tv title and you know what not make it be defended anywhere any place but have it be defended on any show so you know that way that whoever has a tv title could bounce around but it gives a secondary title that's right below the intercontinental you know and, and the u.s well we don't have u.s anymore but, you know, the Intercontinental title could be up there, but then that TV title, it could be defended on any show. You know, that way you can allow someone to move around. If you want, if you want someone to get, and maybe that would work for someone that you're trying to build, but you need to get them in front of more audience. Mm-hmm. You know what that's I'm saying? Interesting. interesting. But that's, that's what I think they should do. The 24-7 title, that's exactly what I believe they should. It could be man or woman, no matter what, you know, but you, it gets defended. On every time, every time that they're on that show, like it could be defended. In my opinion, it could be defended on every show. You know what I'm saying? You know, then that would make more sense. It would be easier for me to believe that it bounces around to people. You know what I'm saying? Like put Mm -hmm. it this way: if you had, if you hold a, you, uh, in in my in my world, you hold that 24/7 tile for four weeks. That means you've defended it two, four, six, eight times possibly. See what I'm saying? Oh yeah. it would just, it would just make it, it would make it relevant. You know, yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're but, spot on. You need to have major titles on both, on both uh, brands. And that's why the universal title was made. And that's just the way it's got to be. And if they unify the titles, which is a horrible, it also, if you unify the titles, then guess what? One day of uh, WrestleMania, you don't have one of the two major titles being defended. Oh, yeah, guess yeah. what? You also just took out somebody else that could have actually been in that spot, like a McIntyre. You know, you know, that they could have had that spot, you know, and it's, it's all bad. It's all bad. It's trash. It's trash. There you yeah. go. There yeah, you, you gotta, go. you gotta, yeah, you gotta kind of bring <laughs> it back. There you go. You kind of fall back into the Kanye Twitty mode there, but I will say I'll get out or I'll get out and I'll be on record. And you heard it here first. If they do decide to get rid of the brand split, unify the championships, it will be a very, very big mistake. But let's go ahead and move on here and let's get our elimination chamber predictions here. I mean, where me and John are, it's already 11.53 p.m. We're seven minutes away from the actual day that the Elimination Chamber is actually going to be happening here. It's going to be happening in like less than 12 hours. So let's I'll go through here. watching it at 9 a.m. 
Yeah, I'll be watching it at 11 a.m., so not too much, yeah, uh, too yeah. much better, but I will, I feel for you. I'll say that. But anyways, first here, Rey Mysterio versus The Miz. Clearly this match, the reason why Mysterio is getting it, they're trying to promote 2K22. There's probably going to be a huge video package, likely a trailer that hasn't been seen yet. We're going to see tomorrow. That's just my guess. That's kind of what they like to do on premiere or premium, sorry, premium live events. But what do you guys think here? Rey Mysterio versus The Miz. I feel like I already know where Kanye is going to go here, but. What about you, John? Well, hey, hold up, hold up. Here's what, I, here's what we're going to do. You get a piece of paper, write these down. The winner, and I, this is this is premier news right here. This is breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> I have a graphic designer designing the fire trash lunchable t-shirt. Me and Matt have been working on it. And my graphic, and it's, it looks cool as heck. And so here's the deal. Whoever wins, We'll get the very first. Whoever gets all, the most predictions right. So think about it. You know, think about these right. There's three yeah. of us here. Okay, I got you. And actually, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm including, I'm including Al. He's sitting here listening to the whole thing. I'm including Shout my out, co-host. Al. So yeah, there you go. Right, right, Al <laughs> down there too. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna do this. Whoever gets the most, even if it's me, I'll buy my own. No, if I win, then y'all pitching and you buy mine. But no matter what, whoever wins, I'm buying them the very first ever printed fire trash lunchable T-shirt. All right. That seems fair. Well, you heard my first. I'm going Rey Mysterio here. Okay, first, I'm going to go with Rey as well. I'm going Miz. Okay. Miz, huh? You think he gets it? Why do I think he gets it? Because I believe that Rey is on his way out. And I believe that in this match, it doesn't do anything for Ray to win. And I think that the Miz, I think Ray loses because of Dom. I think this is the start of the split. And I think mm-hmm. it takes it takes a loss. It's gonna have to take a loss. Maybe there's some flim flam. That's what I call that junk at the end of a match that you know that's unexpected. But Maurice will probably be at the ringside. Dominic will probably be at ringside. I'm saying the Miz wins over flim flam, and it starts the the separation of Rey Mysterio and Dominic. So, Miz. so is it so is it three to one or is Al making it two and two? Oh, Al, what do you say? Yeah, I'm going Ray as well. Al's going Ray. Al's You're going right. Ray. Three to one makes sense. I, I could definitely I see your point there, and I think that you might actually that might put you ahead if you. I mean, obviously, the fact that you were the only person that picked it. If Miz does pull through here and get the win. We're likely to see a very happy version of Kanye Twitty. But anyway, let's move on to another happy guy, Madcap Moss, versus Drew McIntyre, false count anywhere. I mean, no limb here. Drew McIntyre is going to mop the floor with old Madcap. Uh, uh. See, we yeah. have to use our heads and not our hearts. My heart, I mean, I mean, I love Drew and all, but what would it do for Madcap to win this match? What would it do for him? You know what I'm saying? Skyrocket. So I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with the fantasy pick, and I'm gonna go in in a hell of a match. I'm saying in a heck. It's gonna be so good that even if because McIntyre can put on a match and lose and still not damage, but I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and say that, and we have Corbin as a wild card in that. So I'm saying Madcap Moss. I'm gonna roll with Madcap as well on this one, man. I just feel like he's Ooh. getting that good push that he's needing, man. And Drew, like, he's definitely like that stepping stone that can definitely put him on that top, top yeah. notch. He's yeah. a springboard. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going with Madcap. I was taking, uh, I was taking uh, McIntyre with you. 
Okay. All right. So two Drew, two Madcap. Uh, I guess last time it was three to one, but still kind of evening out here a little bit. Let's see. SmackDown Tag Team Championships, Usos versus Viking Raiders. I'll let y'all go first here. Usos. We the ones. We the ones. Shout out Casual Wrestling. We the ones. Shout out. There's no way. There's no way, shape, or form in any in any world that that like this should be on the kickoff show. It will probably be on the kickoff show. Yeah. But we might we might I might tune in for the for the uh, premium live event. Is that what it is? PLV, PLE, premium, whatever. Yeah, premium, yeah. Okay, premium live event. I'm saying one hands down probably be on the kickoff show or one of the first matches of the night. But it is Usos all the way, all the way. Al's all the way on Usos as well. Oh yeah, I'm definitely riding with the Usos on this one, man. I don't see. Yeah, the, uh, we have a better chance of Veer Mahan showing up than we do <laughs> of them, the other guys winning. There we go. See, I like that chance right there, Brad, and then the uh, title loss right there. See, I don't know, man. I, for some reason, I have like a gut feeling that the Viking Raiders have a shot here, like just like a snowball's chance in hell. But I'm not gonna pick them. I'm not because mainly because I want that shirt. Hey, number hey, one. Hey, hey, go, go with, go with it, go with it. But that's yeah. the thing. Is you made you made a drop valid your, point. Drop your Sonia Deville huevos. Drop, <laughs> drop them like Sonia. It, it's tough because it's tough to like understand what you were saying earlier, right? With them being quote unquote close to the chopping block, right? You know, and then to expect that this close to WrestleMania they get the championships put on them, you know. So as much as I want to believe in the Viking Raiders, and as much as I do have like that gut feeling with how they've looked over recent weeks, they haven't necessarily won straight up. They got the DQ win today, but I'm, I'm gonna roll with you, so I just think we're gonna have a clean sweep here that, uh, they're gonna retain. Maybe Mania, a team might emerge, maybe Los Lotharios, a team like that. Yeah, yeah can they have need a strong. Mania. Yeah, I, I think they'll, I think they'll hold on. Mania. Well, another tag team match here. Ronda Rousey, Naomi versus Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. What are you guys thinking about this one? I'm riding with Charlotte and Tony on this one, man. That's what I'm gonna go with. What do y'all got? Uh, I, I, I'm going. Uh, Al, what are you going with? Yeah, I'm going Charlotte and Sonya. He's going Charlotte, Sonya. What you What you got? What you got, Matt? I'm going Ronda. I, uh, I, yeah. Sorry, I, I called you Matt. I apologize. No worries, no worries. You're not the first person in my life to call me Matt. One syllable letter or names that start with him, it happens. But anyways, <laughs> at least I didn't call you that name that rhymes with Bowen. Yeah, true. That uh, that would have been a little bit of uh, a little bit of shots fired, I guess you could say. No, I'm only playing. I'm only playing. Shout out Owen, Resident Hill. You do have a little bit of a oh, feud going oh. with Kanye Twitty, so that, that, that's a whole other thing. Name, I won't, I won't yeah. say your name. I ain't doing it. <laughs> I'm it's, going. It's, it's I'm WrestleMania going, season. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's Ronda and Naomi. I think I think it needs to happen. Uh, Ronda needs. Ronda can't afford to lose right now. Uh. Whether or not she wins at Mania is, is here or there, but no, she needs, I think this match is really, and, and I'm happy for it. Um, I'm very, very happy for it. I think this is for Naomi. I think they finally have realized, I think like Matt always said, you know, the crowd needed to, if they want it, you know, another Kofi Mania type thing, a Becky Lynch type thing, a Liv Morgan type thing that they needed to get behind Naomi. And that, you know, we go back to the opening segment. That was fire. That opening segment was fire because Naomi looked great on the mic. She, I mean, the, the trash talking was on point. They looked comfortable. 
Ronda looked comfortable, and I think that, you know, that's what Ronda needed. I, I, this is the first time that I thought Ronda looked really, really good on the microphone since she's been back, and I think it's, you know, she just needed to not be out there by herself yet. I said it before that I didn't think she was ready when when she, they brought her back. She didn't look like she was ready to be in the ring and, and just in the mode, you know. And so I really got to give uh, – I, I got to go with uh, Ronda – and uh, Naomi, and I think it's actually going to be Naomi getting the pin. I'll go for this. Naomi getting the pin on Sonya Deville. Well, no matter what, Charlotte and Ronda are being saved. Yeah, 100%. You could actually – I put this match, this tag team match, and the Drew McIntyre madcap. Those are both on roll-up watch. Just as the pay-per-view is going, you could expect those two matches to possibly end in a roll-up. But let's move on here to the women's elimination chamber match. Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Dewdrop, Nikki A.S.H., and the latest edition, Alexa Bliss. I'm rolling with Bianca Belair here. And really quickly, the main reason why, this is a little bit of a bold, long prediction here. She had a match last year. She won the championship from Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. I think this year she's going to do the same thing against Becky Lynch. And I think she's going to be all four of the four horsewomen at WrestleMania in four consecutive years. Last year, starting with Sasha Banks. This year, beating Becky Lynch. Next year in L.A., she's going to have a one-on-one match with Charlotte Flair. Following year after that, Bailey, book it. I'm going to do a little bit of fantasy booking. The the way you put over Bianca Belair is have her run through all four horsewomen at WrestleMania. Wow, you've been talking to casual. I have not. What you just said, what you just said changed my whole – you just you just changed my world. Like that – but but then again, hold up, hold up. But then again, that's that's all 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 focuses and, and depends on one thing that the WWE is really bad at: long term storytelling. Exactly. That story writes itself. What you just said there, that that, and and I'd love to watch it. I'd love to watch it. But I'm not going with Bianca Belair. I'm not going with her on this one because I'm this is the one match. I'm going with my heart. I'm going. I'm going with my gut. I'm going with. Alexa Bliss. Oh, because that's what I want. It may not be what I think will happen. It may not be logical. Oh, we hit the mute button. My Alexa literally is horrible. Have you ever tried to watch wrestling while your Alexa's by your TV? Every time they say her name, she's like, "What? Huh? What? Oh, horrible." <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people. But have I'm going no problem. Alexa Bliss. John, what do you got? Okay, on this one, man. Uh, I know this is kind of like a dark horse, but I'm going to go with uh, Rhea Ripley. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I think, so, man, she she had a good I don't, I, one, I think. match last week on Raw and everything like that, man. So, yeah, I, I, I want to go with her. What about Al? Yes, the, the logical side of me is, is with you, and Al, he's with you. He's Rhea Ripley all the way. Nice, he's become a big nice. fan of Rhea. Uh, you know, because he didn't get to see the NXT version of Rhea or the NXT UK version of Rhea, you know, and yeah, she, she's been putting on bangers and they've been building yeah. her. They have been building her. Yeah. I felt yeah. like and after people, that little split between her and uh, Nikki A.S.H., that like something happened. Oh, no, to you spelled that wrong. You spelled that wrong. It's Nikki T.R.A.S.H. Oh. <laughs> That's a good one right there. Yeah, hey, I will say though, people like to reference Drew McIntyre missing his oh, moment man. because of COVID. Rhea Ripley, she's supposed to have a main event WrestleMania match with Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, mm. and that got taken away from her. So she's another one who is fighting for that redemption and another shot there at WrestleMania. Speaking of women's championship matches, 
Lita, the Hall of Famer, someone who John is not very familiar with, I will say, something that I'm hoping that he will get up to speed with by the time we get to Mania. I'm hoping that Lita yeah. has a match there, but she's going against her, I guess, former fan, someone who grew up idolizing Lita, Becky Lynch, the top dog, as some people like to say, here in the women's division and in the entire WWE, not just Raw. So what do you guys think here? Becky Lynch versus Lita, obviously. I mean, I'm going to roll Becky Lynch here just to get that out of the way. I'm sure you guys might agree. Yeah, I'm I'll set same Becky, way, too. Man. Yeah, same way. Y- you all on Becky? Yeah. Well, I got to say this. I got to say this. You know, the uh compare it to AEW, you know, the MJF and the CM Punk, that's real. You know, like he was a kid, you know, looking up to him. There's pictures of it. It's the same thing with Becky and Lita, you know, like Lita's. Lita, in my mind, her and AJ Lee, which WWE likes to try and make us forget about her, but AJ Lee, in my opinion, was the real turning point from Divas to, because Lita was still a diva. She was still, she was just different, but she was in that era completely. Um, I'm not a fan of her being back, I guess, you know, uh, I, you know, I was hoping she'd just have a spot here or do something there. I think she's taking a, a spot from somebody else in the, in the, uh, if she's at WrestleMania fighting for the title, I'm going to be irritated. Um, because yeah, I just, no, no, I'm going Becky Lynch all the way. Uh, I love Lita. She, she it will always forever have that special place in my heart. And I'd like to see her, you know, come into a moment here or there, but I don't want her anywhere near, near the title, anywhere near it. Yeah. There's no way she gets it. What about the universal championship? Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. I'll go ahead and toss it to you, Kanye. Uh, <sighs> Roman, period. Go and I, and I hope that this match is is what I hope that he does exactly what he says he's going to do. It's going to be a Goldberg type match. I want him to get in there, spear him a couple times, Superman punch put, here put him, put him in, I put him in the guillotine and, and choke him out and pass him out. And then I want Goldberg to be done. I want this to be his last match. It's a great uh uh. uh you know, thorn or not thorn, but feather in the cap for Roman on this epic run is to retire Goldberg. That's what he needs to do. He needs to retire Goldberg. This needs to be Goldberg's last match. Put him in the Hall of Fame next year. Go ahead, John. Okay, I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, I'm still go with Roman on this one, man. But if the circumstances were just no belt, you know, just pound for pound, let's go, man. I would be on Goldberg all day. But with the Agreed. situation. Yeah, with the situation, man. Yeah, I don't see Roman letting go of that belt, just like the Usos, man. I think they're going to go hand in hand for, you know, a good amount of time and everything like that. So, yeah, I'm I'm sticking with Roman on this one. Owls with Roman as well. Clean sweep on Roman Reigns now. Juicy men's elimination chamber match. I actually had to pause it when I was watching SmackDown earlier today, and they showed the graphic of all the guys who were in this match. Matt Riddle. Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar. I mean, this thing is absolutely loaded. I think Austin Theory is going to be the guy who comes away from this and is a winner regardless because of the rub. Look look at who he's in the ring with. You can argue Matt Riddle is kind of in – I mean, I think Riddle is obviously miles ahead of where Austin Theory is just in terms of like their character development, where they are. And you can argue that Theory has been literally having segments with Vince McMahon for crying out loud. It doesn't get any better than that. But I feel like he's going to come away from this as a winner, not because he's going to win the match, but because he's going to get the rub. He's going to be seen with all these guys. And if there's even one spot where he looks dominant against either Lashley or Brock Lesnar, he's going to come out of this thing a hell of a lot better than he went in. Another thing I'm looking forward to in this match, 
Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar, they're going to have to cross, cross paths at some point in this match. And I'm looking forward to that. But give me Brock Lesnar. I'm going with the Vegas favorite here. I just think the WWE is just hinting towards it. They can't help themselves. We're going to get that title versus title match. It'd be stupid. I'm not, I hope not. I hope I'm wrong here. I'd be glad. Even if it means I don't get a shirt, I would be glad to be wrong here if it meant like somebody like Seth Rollins or Bobby Lashley retains. I would love to see Bobby Lashley retain because Edge is somebody who's kind of waiting in the wings who I think might have a little something to say, get one crack at that championship match at WrestleMania if they don't have the title versus title match. If somebody's going in to WrestleMania on the Raw side as the champion, which is supposed to, that's supposed to be dictated in this match. It's not supposed to be a title versus title match. This is supposed to set up the picture for Raw. We have SmackDown, Goldberg, or not Goldberg, sorry, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. That's already set up. It's, you know, basically written in stone. Let somebody else win this match. You know, let Lashley, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, somebody else win this match, and let's have something else over on Raw because there's plenty of people. You have two nights. You got to have one of them on, you know, on both nights. I feel like they're going to be doing themselves a huge disservice if they try to unify these championships, go title for title, whatever route they try to go. I'm not a fan. I don't hope, I hope Brock Lesnar doesn't win, but he is going to be my pick. Same sure. with Al. Okay. Same with Al. What do you got? What do you got? Oh, my end, man. I want to see Bobby retain this, man. I, I, I don't want to see him. Let go. I mean, I, I definitely want to see like something build on the other end or raw side, I guess you could say. Cause yeah, like Michael's saying, there's definitely some unfinished business with Brock, uh, Roman, definitely with Paul Heyman. People forget Brock. about Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble, how he got choked out and cheated out of his match. Like, well, I mean, I, so, I, I feel like <laughs> Seth, there's going to be something building for him, like on the, the raw end, man. Cause like they were trying to bring him over to the SmackDown, uh, deal with the Roman and stuff like that, bring back some past, but. I think they got something building for him on the raw end. I'm, I'm going here. What I want to see is this, is I want to see it play out like this. I want that. And I'm glad you brought it up. I want to see Riddle and Brock. There's real heat there. There's, there's real history there. And, but however, like I said, Brock is a professional, you know, even though he is, he has his opinions and whatnot. When it all boils down to it, he knows that that's a story. That is a story in itself. So I want to see Brock and Riddle get into it, and and I want to see Brock and Riddle at WrestleMania, to be perfectly honest. But okay. to be perfectly honest, and if we are, I'm going to say this: if we are going to get a title versus title match, then I want them to continue the Easter eggs that they planted, and something that us as fans will be so emotionally invested in that it would be the match of WrestleMania. And I want to see Seth freaking Rollins <laughs> win. And I want to see Seth Rollins go over there, show up on SmackDown, da- dancing, goofy, great outfit, mm-hmm. and and just shock everybody because he is known for shocking the world. He is known for the heights of the century. So what would it be if he was the one to go ahead? Because if Seth Rollins is in that match with, with uh, Roman Reigns, that's the first time I actually believe there's a chance Roman Reigns drops it because that would be a shock. I agree, 100. percent So I'm going Seth sure. Rollins. Seth Rollins. All right, there we go. Seth Rollins winning the chamber. I'd love to see that. I think that's the one of the best case scenarios for this match is have Seth yeah. Rollins walk into WrestleMania as the champion. Not not walk into a championship match, but walk into WrestleMania as the champion, as a heel champion, and let somebody chase him. I mean, we've already seen Seth Rollins versus Edge, right? We've already been down that road. Have we? Have we? I'm pretty sure we have, right? Yeah. 
off the top of my head, I can't really remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure that, we have. Seth has always won the title off of Roman. Yeah, always. That's that's just like always. And when did Roman Reigns beat Seth Rollins? Because I've heard that they said that he's beaten every single yeah, Universal this last Champion. Time they had a they had a match, and uh, that was when it was at the last pay per view when uh, it was beautiful and uh, at the Royal Rumble, wasn't it? When he when he choked him out and and, and passed him out. But I thought that that I thought he had his hand on the rope and he like lost or the, the the I thought that it was like a DQ like a like a not, not a false finish but like yeah a, it, oh you, you know what technically you're right it is a DQ yeah I thought so, that yeah, his that hand was, was on the rope because he left he left his hand on the rope like the whole time and yeah. it was like one thing that you could tell Seth was trying to like really sell it like hey my hand's on the rope and that's why whenever somebody brought the stat up that R- Roman Reigns can beat if he beats Goldberg he's beaten every single Universal Champion I was like when is he beating Except Seth Rollins except for yeah. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, that's another one. I mean, he never been Bray Wyatt either. Bray Wyatt even tweeted that out. He said, "Take my name off that list." But uh, <laughs> hey, I do. I got to. It's getting late. I know that. I I, I got to get some stuff done. But I wanted to give you something before before we got done. Go ahead, bud. Go this ahead. This is for you. Uh, a big shout out to uh, you and uh, and and your. I have listened to your football podcast. I have checked it out. Um, and so I made this list, uh, during, this is actually compiled from the Patreon. So this isn't just me. This is actually from everybody in the uh, Discord server chat, uh, for the WWE podcast. It is the Super Bowl rendition of the fire trash list. It's quick, <laughs> but I had to make it just for you. Let's hear uh, it. Let's start off with this. Uh, fire, uh, let's see, uh, Jurassic Park, uh, trailer, fire, Doctor Strange, Fire. I'm not even a Marvel fan. That looked amazing. The Rock. The Rock. This is why McMahon said that buying a Super Bowl ad is ridiculous because guess what? He didn't need to buy an ad. He had Peacock to do an ad for him and he had The Rock who he knew was going to open the whole Super Bowl as The Rock. Not Dwayne Johnson. Exactly. He opened it as The Rock. That was amazing. Odell Beckham Jr.'s first touchdown. Woo! That was fire. Uh, the flim flam of, uh, with Tat, you know, in the, uh, in the chat, we were making me and Kuzmo had a bet going on who wins the Super Bowl. And with Tat, he said his wife put, uh, you know, 50 pounds on the, uh, on the Bengals. So I was like, you're going with the Bengals, right? And he's like, no, I put 50 pounds on the Rams. I was like, that's trash because you're just making sure your house wins. All right. That was trash with that trash uh the MetaQuest commercial after the doritos uh commercial w- w- got done messy with my feelings that doritos commercial messed with my feelings that was trash the uh, rocket mortgage commercial come on we all said it we all saw it be better uh the staffer uh by the way and the biggest uh, fire moment of the whole super bowl uh, uh cooper cup um i'm out here at wsu washington state university and you know that in college football, the very first game of the season is supposed to be, you know, you run through it, run through it. You know, and this is when WSU was ranked in the top 25. Uh, you know, we had Gardner Minshew um, and uh, we were posed for a great season. Right. And then Eastern Washington University came walking in in the very first game of the season. Whoop the piss out of us. And it was Cooper Cup. From a, re- a walk on at Eastern Washington, it was really cool to see him, you know, play here at WSU against us, whoop us, and then go to. He he deserved every bit of it. Him getting the uh, the MVP was most deserved in every single way. Uh, the Pringles commercial, absolute fire. Austin Powers commercial, 
absolute fire. Uh, and then the 40 seconds left in the, uh, in the game and Burroughs passing the ball, it, it was trash. It was trash. Uh, it showed his, uh, it showed his, uh, inexperience. Um, you know, the Uber, uh, cats commercial, absolute trash. Uh, and the Cooper, uh, Cooper Cup actually made the trash list as well. His, uh, gimmick play where he just completely airmailed it to, uh, <laughs> Stafford. Stafford. Yeah. Yeah. That was absolute trash, but, uh, the biggest fire moment of the week. And uh, this is what I have to end with. Cause I got I got some stuff I got to do. It's late here. I know it's late there. And I know we want to get this up before the pay-per-view for everybody, but, uh, the biggest fire moment of the week, it by far, is being allowed to be here with these two great, great podcast hosts. I'm, I'm so stoked we got to do this. Uh, you know, and I mean it, I mean it, uh, you know, next football season, I'm coming down there and I'm not going to watch my first Texas game unless I'm watching it with you. Um, and then I'm going to, I'm going to get you up here and we're going to go ahead and watch the Seahawks game up here. You know what I'm saying? Because, Hey, I can't say enough. Thank you so much. And, 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 you know, I'm not blowing smoke up your rear. You know, you and Matt and Mimi and, and Ashley Man, like, they were, you were the first people I realized in a podcast that I could handle listening and talking. Cause I, I actually, when you guys are doing your uh, reviews and whatnot, I literally am talking to you while you're doing it. Like, like, it's really, really funny. I'm sitting there literally responding to you and all that. And I just want to say great job. And I hope that we can do this, do this again. I, I, you know, I, I want you on my, uh, on my show too, you know, get all four of us. You know, talking some trash, you know, because this is fun. You know, this is a great sure. challenge for me, and and it's it's brought me a lot of uh, joy because you know, COVID took my music career away for the for you know, right, you know, in the blink of an eye. You know, we were at the top of the game. You know, we were about to go on our seventh tour in in seven years. You know, and and I was had a show with Head PE. I had a show lined up with a couple other big acts and. COVID happened. It took it all away from me. And, you know, that's when I dove back more into wrestling. But then that's when I realized that I could find a love and, and use my skills and my passions as a radio host, DJ and a performer in another way. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of this, uh, this podcast family. And, uh, Hey, I, I like doing this. I'm the Brock Lesnar. I said it. I'm the Brock. I get to come in and throw those celebrity shots. It was funny. It was the first time I said that to Matt celebrity shot. He's like, well, Hey, uh, if I need to find out someone that needs, needs it, I'll let you know. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to shoot a celebrity. It's like, it's like beer pong. When you walk up to a table or, or a pool table or a dartboard and you're like, Hey, I'll take a celebrity shot. You take one dart or one shot, throw it, nail it, and walk away. That's what Kanye Twitty does. And, uh, sure. Hey, we got to do this again. We got to do this again. Hey, 100%, man. I do. I appreciate the kind words. Appreciate you listening to the football function. Obviously, it means a lot. Appreciate the kind words about, you know, me, Matt, Mimi, all of us. I mean, you've proven that you can handle this. You could do this. I mean, it's not like you needed the confirmation. You didn't have anything to prove or anything like that. But coming from somebody who has, you know, been in your shoes as far as like wanting to get into podcasting, you know, kind of testing your feet, listening to people on the WWE podcast. I can tell you right now you're on your way, man. So definitely. Uh, and as far as getting on your podcast, you just let me know when, but I'll definitely be more than happy to hop on there but definitely as far as you coming on here 100 percent, dude we will do this again it was a great time i'm sure matt's gonna enjoy the long form audio getting a chance to plug all those ads in there i know he's gonna enjoy that but uh john what do you got to say bud any shout outs anything like that before we officially sign off here oh yeah man big shout out to kanye twitty man definitely like good you know first first interaction for me you know it was definitely a pleasure having you on and everything like that um brought a lot of information so, I mean, it was definitely, definitely a great, uh, great show, I guess you could say. But yeah, uh, shout out to Mike, man. Definitely 
everything that you you got going on and everything, man. Thank you. And of course, the listeners, keep on following us, man. We got some we got some stuff going on. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Appreciate you guys joining me. Kanye, you have a damn good night. John, you get some good rest. I know it's late as hell where we are. Hope you guys all enjoy the premiere or I'm gonna I'm gonna keep messing that up every single time. Premium live event, Elimination Chamber, tomorrow morning. So hope you guys all have a damn good weekend. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I'll talk to you soon. Deuces. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to Patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.